0: Yes, it's uh, one of the highlights of the week. Uh, Thursday, somewhere between 2 and 2.30. It's 2.18 this time that we get to talk to Sky Sports. Tony Johnson, TJ, welcome in. Hey, Staffy. I just want to, before we talk about anything in particular, oh no, I'll save this one actually, uh, the coaching appointments. Let's start with that. We've done a lot of talk with that. We had Wayne Goldsmith on, our coaching guru out of Australia, talking about what does Scott Robertson have to do. Let's talk about the personnel. No big surprises to any of us, I don't think, with the naming of his assistants.
1: Uh, This has been flagged, uh, and he's got his team too. This is the team he wanted, uh, people he feels comfortable with, uh, there's a loyalty factor there as well i think they've certainly been in his corner uh, through the whole thing and so you know scott robertson gets the guys that he wanted um it, it's it's quite a moving of the posts from new zealand rugby uh in the past we've been told that some sort of international spare experience was a, a must and and this is a bit of a, I say a bit of a 180 really scott Hanson, I know he, Spent a bit of time on the coaching staff at Leicester Tigers with the Sunwell. Jason Holland, I think he well over 10 years ago now, was an assistant coach at Munster. But other than that, no, nothing like the international experience, for example, that Graham Henry bought with Steve Hansen and Wayne Smith. So it, it is quite a change. Um, but I guess it's one that, you know, this is a team that um, Scott Robertson's put his faith in. Um, the only um, sort of downside for me, um, other than that, possible lack of international experience which I'm sure they've got other qualities will make up for that but it's kind of gutted the um the super rugby coaching mm. stocks and so they're going to have to find and that's been exacerbated by uh you know Dave Rennie um not uh, being interested in the job at the Blues uh, I said it a while back I'd love to have seen Tony Brown in the mix uh and and that would have perhaps you know bought that international experience plus Lessen the drain on our Super Rugby coaching stocks, but but there it is. It's 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 there now. Uh, it's been explained, and the only other thing I'd say, um, Staffy, is that now that this is all done and dusted, I I think the focus really has to go back on what's happening this year uh, with the All Blacks.
0: Yeah, and I think it will. I, I do think it will, I, because there's no more announcements. Surely, aside of maybe the All Blacks team doctor and manager and that sort of thing. Before we do leave it though, <laughs> DJ, I'm sorry. um they asked Razor about picking players from offshore. Now, he didn't say yes and he didn't say no, but he did say things need to be talked about. Interesting stance.
1: It is. Uh, look, I've always backed the, the decision not to allow players from overseas to be picked for the All Blacks. And, we, you know, you look at who's leaving. I mean, Richie moore is obviously the, the the big name, and there's going to be a couple of sabbaticals there. I think Rico Ioane's got one. There's a um, likelihood Bowden Barrett will um, head back to Japan as well. But, you know, I've always backed that stance for for a number of reasons. Firstly, you know, you've got to think about the integrity of of Super Rugby. Um, You know, you you want best players playing in that um, because it is, uh, despite what people say about it, strategically massively important. Uh, You want to be able to control the player workloads. And you want to be able to control when you can and can't pick them. I mean, you look at the way some of the South African players are available for the Springboks, aren't available for the Springboks. Charles Piatal is such a fanfare about him playing for Tonga. I think he was only available for two games last year and and wasn't available for their final World Cup qualifier. So if if you were to to allow it, you'd be opening a real can of worms. You'd be inviting players to leave the country. I think what he might be hinting at um, is the possibility of exemptions uh, and the way, you know, Australia had with the Gitao rule, um, Matt Giteau, um, you know, a certain number of test matches. Uh, I think, you know, you'd have to have some sort of, um, you know, absolute cap or controls on who would be eligible. Because if you made it open Slather, then you, we know what would happen. And that wouldn't be good for New Zealand rugby.
0: No, it would not. Um... Yes, I just read also I don't know how old the article was but it looks like Seah might be out of the World Cup uh, if he has to have an operation on his knee he could be out for nine months so it's time we start looking at all of these other teams we're so focused on ours and and the one I did want to ask you about and I don't know if you know anything at all about it is Will Jordan he hasn't had a game of rugby I think it's for seven months um, and still no sign of him I hope he gets named today
1: Yeah well, we're told that he's edging closer to playing. I don't think it's time for panic stations just yet. As long as you know, you'd hope that the guy could get a couple of months of rugby in and, and you know play towards the end of Super Rugby and, and you know, a bit of NPC or whatever. Um, it's just one of those things. It's obviously been a really tricky situation, uh, and it's a it's a worry. You know, obviously, when a um, for his sake, you know, when such a gifted player is unable to play. For something that seems a little bit um, mysterious or a little bit out of the ordinary, or we don't know the full details of it, but you just got to hope that he, you know. I, but I'm not ready to, to press the panic button. I, I think they'll wait until he's 100 percent again, and and uh, you know, I'm sure you know that will happen in time.
0: Actually, I've just seen the Crusaders have well, I just hope it will yeah, uh, Crusaders just named their team, and he's not starting. And he's not on the bench, so I, I actually read a story of a month ago when James Marshall said he's a couple of weeks away. But jeez, um, haven't seen him. I'm just starting to get a little bit concerned. But let's have a look at this week's round. Um, there's some good clashes, actually. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the the one in Fiji, uh, TJ. They lift over there, the drawer.
1: And they're a different proposition altogether, aren't they? When they play up there, and just you know, you'd only have to uh, ask the Crusaders that. Um, because they ran into them, and it's like you're running into two brick walls. Really, <laughs> uh, you, you're running into the heat, uh, which is massive, um, been a, a huge factor in the games over there. They do get a, a, a terrific, buoyant, jubilant, you know, um, e- boisterous crowd over there, uh, which just is thrilled by the way that they through a play the game, and uh, you know, it, it's it's a tough one, and for the Blues. You know, it, it comes at a time where they're staying, they're keeping themselves handy. I think the top four has got to be what they're aiming for, and a home advantage through the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. But you know, they're going to have to try and control the game. Uh, they're in fifth place at the moment. Uh, the the um, you know the, the points here are really valuable, so they, they're going to need their forwards to just to try and control the tempo of the game. And if they can do that, maybe just deny the uh, that the ball that they want. Um, just not enable them to to cut loose that's the key to the game but boy it's easier said than done when you're playing up there
0: Uh, Really important game I feel for the Highlanders this week Um, it's been a rough old season for them Uh, I was going to say injuries, illness, bereavement but results um, it's a tough old season and I very much fear for them for next year as well because they'll have no Aaron Smith they're struggling this year TJ
1: yeah, they are, and it's not really going to get that much easier, because they take on a Waratahs team that will be boosted by those players who, who didn't play last week at Eden Park, and it was a bit disappointing not to see uh, the likes of Mark uh, Nawangiri and uh, uh, Michael Hooper and uh, uh, Lalakai Foketi, they weren't playing. I presume they'll be back for this game against the Highlanders Friday night in Sydney, I, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a pretty tough call. I, I, I think when we talk about teams coming from outside the, 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 uh, the, the top eight, I, I said a while back that I thought that the Waratahs could, could probably sneak into the playoffs uh, ahead of one or two of the other Australian teams. And I, I'm not going to change that as well. And it's, it's also an important one for the, the Hurricanes too. Uh, you know, There's been a bit of talk about you know the quality of the opposition that they met early on. It certainly enabled them to make a really great start to the season. But coming off a loss uh, to the Chiefs, they, they come up against the Brumby side. which are hellishly difficult uh, to beat. You're just happy with the fact that you're playing them on your home patch and, and not in Canberra. So I think for both of those teams, uh, Friday night, uh, both the Highlanders and the Hurricanes, Friday night, it's a, it's a big deal for both of them.
0: Yes, it is. And then, of course, uh, yeah, Hurricanes Brumbies. Um... You know, I support the Hurricanes. I think the Brumbies have gone sneaky good this year. I think the Hurricanes have had uh, a favourable draw so far. This this to me is a, a huge game for both clubs.
1: Yeah, look, the, the thing about the Brumbies is they've got the most depth of any of the Australian teams. They can bring quality players off the bench. Uh, they've got they've got two games. I mean, their A game obviously, uh, where they try and control possession control territory uh, they do play for penalties a lot and when they get them they can kick them deep and, and with devastating effect they've got a, a, a good set piece they've got a really good out drive so they play to their strength but but don't underestimate their ability to use the ball either uh, they, they just are very judicious about when they do it the Hurricanes are going to have to be at their best hopefully they'll get a good crowd behind them and you know, the Hurricanes, there's just so much X-factor in that side. And this is what I really like about this clash. It's a bit of a clash in styles
0: mm. the Hurricanes
1: this year, they've, they've played a real classic Hurricane style of game. Uh, you, know, you know, giving full reign to the talents of the likes of, you know, um, Ray Arce. I think Billy Proctor's having a terrific season. And, of course, you know, the likes of Adi Savia, Duplicy, Kerefi up front. I, I, I think they can break up the Brumbies, but they'll, they'll have to. They'll have to play really well. I think that's a terrific contest. This one,
0: Yep, And the other one, um, gosh, matchups all across the park. Uh, all of the All Blacks selectors and coaches will be watching the Chiefs against the Crusaders, seven o'clock in Hamilton uh, Saturday night. This is the one we've been wanting for a while.
1: Yeah, I haven't actually caught up with the lineups uh, for, for this game. Obviously, the Crusaders have had quite a few injury problems, but there was just a sense that they're starting to regather the troops uh, for the for the push. Um, at the moment, they're down in third place, so they're, they're giving the Chiefs what they're spotting them eight points now on the table, uh, and and so that this becomes a really pivotal game. Um, ideally, if you're the Crusaders, you, you definitely want to get into that that top two, um, and and to do that. Yeah, you know, they've got to get past the Brumbies. This becomes I, I I just think, you know, one of the matchups of the season.
0: Yeah, I've got I've got the Crusaders line up here and it looks pretty damn full strength to me. Um back of Drummond, Moonga, Whanganuku, Haveli Havili Enor, McLeod on the wing, and Fergus Burke out the back in the front row of Moody Taylor, Tamaiti Williams. Then we've got Barrett Whitelock, Dom Gardner, Tom Christie, and Cullen Grace. No weaknesses there.
1: No, no, and and it's interesting that uh, they're giving uh, Dallas McLeod a run on the wing. Did you say, yeah, uh, yeah. Mate, he's a guy that's really caught the eye this year, and what what you really like about this guy is that you, I've seen it, you know, two or three times in the last year or so, either for the Crusaders or Canterbury. If they're in a bit of trouble, they're pinned deep in their own territory. He's the guy that can sometimes just make a bust out of their own 22 and and, and spark something that gets them down the other end of the park. Um, the other guy that's... Uh, I, don't, I don't know whether he's in the mix. The guy I'd really like to be seeing a bit more of too is uh, Noah Hotham, the halfback. Mm. To me, he is one of the... You know, we, we, there's been a lot of talk about how good uh, Cameron Roygaard has been and how he really has played himself into all-black contention. Hotham, to me, really looks like a prospect for the future.
0: Where can we look forward to hearing your commentary this week, TJ?
1: Uh, I actually have got a weekend off.
0: Oh! I have other fish to fry. <laughs> And do we leave it at that? <laughs> you enjoy your weekend, TJ. Okay, mate. Cheers, buddy. Tony Johnson there out of Sky Sport. I'll miss this commentary, actually. Uh, I've just read you the Crusaders team. Here's the Chiefs team. Uh, front row Aiden Ross, Samasoni Tokiaho, George Dyer. That is your front row. Locks, Ritalik, and Tupo Vai'i. So we've got four all black Locks in this match. Uh, Samopeni now. I might be saying this a bit early. He's our future all black six. There you go. Said it. At some stage. I think he's brilliant. Sam Kane at seven will captain them. Luke Jacobson at eight. And the back line of Weber, McKenzie, uh, Poihepi, Daniel Rona, and the wings of Eteni, and I Satoro, and Amoni Narawa, and shooter Sean Stevenson out the back. And on the bench, Thompson Norris, Ryan Arkoy, Peter Gus. Cortez Ratama, Bringatland and Lolo, Mino, Lolo Milo, Lalo Milo. Oh, goodness me. He's got the same names. He's got the same names. Um, so there we go. There we go. What a match-up that is. Cannot wait for that match-up. we are just gone past 2.30. Here's Johnny.